Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. In March, I received uh, an email from Sean, Sean Emsley, Messianic Jewish scholar. This is what it said. Rabbi David, I want to let you know that after 22 years of work, I have published my Haggadah, Shel Seudat Mashiach, the Haggadah or a service of uh, the Messiah's meal, which is, uh, it's right here. Seodat Mashiach is a 200-year-old Hasidic custom that I have transformed into a celebration of Messiah Yeshua. The first published version of Haggadah Shel Seodat Mashiach is dedicated to Dr. David Stern for his life of work honoring Messiah and building Messianic Judaism. The Haggadah includes traditional Passover liturgy with readings from the complete Jewish Bible and Messianic Jewish songs by Rabbi Dr. Stuart Dowerman, unquote. Last week, I saw this post on the UMJC Leaders Forum from Rabbi Stewart. Quote, Sadly, we must tell you that our long-term member, Sean Emsley, who has been involved in our synagogue for decades, passed into the presence of his Messiah last Shabbat, April 9th. Sean was unfailingly generous with his time, continually concerned for others, a man whose constant reflex was to help others any way he could. Most recently, he was aggressively seeking to upgrade his theological education that he might better serve the Messianic Jewish movement. We will keep you informed of of further information as it becomes available. Meanwhile, please pray for his parents, Bob and Susan, his brother Dennis, and sister-in-law Andrea, and all his family and friends. Rabbi Stuart Dowerman. Unquote. I did not have the pleasure of meeting Sean, but I wanted to share a post from my friend uh, Rabbi Josh Brumbach, who is friends with him. Uh, this is uh, this is what he says, and I think we'll be able to show it. Early this morning, I received the news that one of my closest friends, Sean Emsley, died last night following a heart attack. I have known Sean since 1998. When we met, we immediately recognized we were kindred souls. We spent so many Friday nights shul, shul hopping, countless hours discussing theology and Judaism, traveled across the country to various conferences, and he was part of our wedding in New Orleans. Sean was a staple within our group of friends. You all know who you are. Sean was quiet, intelligent, witty, always caring of others, willing to help whenever needed, and always up to discuss anything nerdy or geeky just like me. He was a devoted servant of Messiah and was there for me through so many years. I will miss seeing Sean write another book, finish the PhD program he recently started, and our deep conversations about recent books we just read. My heart aches for his parents, Bob and Susan, his brother Dennis and wife Andrea, and the whole family. There are no words, but may God comfort you during this difficult time. As others have said, Sean was definitely one of the best of us. I will miss him so much. Baruch Dayan Emet. And these are some, some pictures that Josh, Rabbi Josh posted. This week, um, I 
decided to order Sean's booklet that he was working on and tweaked for the past 22 years, since 2000. It is for the last day of Passover, which is today. Here's the introduction in that Haggadah, uh, which shows how Sean came up with this idea. And uh, I just took a, a shot, a screenshot of, uh, of, the, um, of the book, so we can, we can look at that. In April 2000, I was reading the LA Jewish Journal. I came across an advertisement from Chabad for a Seudat Mashiach at the LA area Chabad houses held on the last day of Passover. I was intrigued by this observance, of which I was not informed, so I began research on Seudat Mashiach. I went to the internet, more than likely using Alta Vista as my search engine to look up any information available. You can tell how long ago this was, right? I had hoped to find a Haggadah or service order of some kind, yet to no avail. All I saw was an article online that said that the Seudah Mashiach, which is the, the, the feast of the Messiah, the meal of the Messiah, is a final meal of Passover with four cups of wine and matzah. Knowing that the Chabad service would focus on Messiah according to their theological perspective, including those who look for the Rebbe, Menachem Mendel Schneerson, to return and bring the redemption, I knew that I would be developing something new focused on Yeshua, the Messiah of Israel based on a nearly 200-year-old Hasidic tradition. I decided to use the Passover Haggadah as a structure, developing a new service for the conclusion of Passover, focused on the life, death, resurrection, ascension, and glorious return of Yeshua to reign over all the cosmos. Earlier, I developed a Messianic Jewish Haggadah that entitled uh, Haggadah Ahavat HaTorah, based on an online Passover Haggadah. I then edited some elements and added new liturgy and readings focused on Yeshua. On the final day of Passover, April 27th, 2000, I and two friends, Nick and John, met together for the first observance of Seudat Mashiach using my newly developed Haggadah Shel Seudah Moshiach, the first version of this. Over the last 22 years, there have been about eight or nine revisions to add, remove songs and readings and rearrange the order of the service. However, for the most part, the core of the service has stayed intact, which was confirmed by my finding a copy of the 2002 edition that is about two-thirds the same in content outside of changing the Bible in basic English to the complete Jewish Bible for the scripture readings, which is... Uh, the, the version that David Stern uh, uh, translated, which is why he's, he's dedicating it to, to Dr. Stern. Uh, about five years ago, Chabad printed a guide for the Seudah Mashiach that finally gave me insights into their observance. I discovered that in the Chabad observance, that with each of the four cups of wine, there is a teaching read from one of the Chabad Rebbe's of the past. Given this new information, I revised my service to include readings from the four gospel writers in the service to include the words of these witnesses to the Messiah. Isn't this a cool story? I just love this. It has been a long journey from the first edition to today, but I am excited to now have this work available to the world in print. May we all conclude Pesach each year with a special time focused on the redemptive work of Yeshua, our Passover lamb, and looking forward to that glorious day when he returns to bring the world to come. Sean. Sean sought to make Yeshua central to Judaism. He often talked about that. And therefore to make Yeshua central to the lives of others and his own life. 
This is one of our pillars here at Tikvat Israel. Yeshua is central to our synagogue and to our lives. What I like about the service that Sean created is that it's similar to a Passover Haggadah, but it focuses on the Messiah and the future Passover because it's the last day, right? So it's kind of special. Um, This is just like uh, the service. Uh, He modeled it after the service in uh, Hasidic Orthodox Judaism. But we recognize that the Messiah has already come. And there are four cups, just like in... uh, in the other Passover seders, but in this service, this is how Sean explains it. I really like this. So cup number one is the cup of sanctification. We sanctify this time as we focus on Messiah Yeshua. Cup number two is the cup of anticipation, the suffering servant foretold. Cup number three is the cup of redemption. The suffering servant comes and makes atonement. And cup number four is the cup of praise, the coronation of King Messiah. So it's very similar to the cups in uh, a regular Passover Seder, but it's kind of more focused on the final redemption and on the work of Messiah and the Gospels. In the summary of the book, he explains that the Seudat Mashiach is structured around the sharing of the four cups of wine. And as I mentioned, each cup conveys a theme of the Seder. Sanctification, anticipation, redemption, and praise. The celebration of the Messiah's feast was begun by the Baal Shem Tov, the founder of Hasidic Judaism. It is designed to be a concluding meal of Passover, Pesach. It was taught that the final Seder of Passover celebrates the redemption from Egypt, and the final meal of Passover is to be a celebration of the final redemption to be brought by the Messianic King. For followers of Yeshua, this night holds extra meaning because we know the identity of the Messianic King. He is Yeshua, our righteous Redeemer, who has come to make atonement for sin. And now we wait for what? His return in glory to reign as King of Israel and the nations. This is what we read in our Haftarah reading right? This is foretold in the prophets, in the prophet Isaiah, way before Yeshua uh, appeared on the scene, and to bring to fullness all the words of the prophets. Most of the readings from today's Parsha that we read um, for the last day of Passover are inside this booklet that Sean created, including the prophetic texts, which are, you know, the same in non-Messianic Judaism, right? They're reading the same uh, portions that we read today about the, the, the messianic king in Isaiah who will bring all things under his feet and make all things right. Uh, this is from Isaiah chapter 11. We, we saw it earlier, but let's take another look at it. And uh, feel free to read it with me if you'd like. But a branch will emerge from the trunk of Yeshai, Jesse. A shoot will grow from his roots. The spirit of Adonai will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and power, the spirit of knowledge and fearing Adonai. And he shall reign over all the earth. Right? Oh, sorry. I got, I got carried away there. Right? But that's where that song comes from, right? 
He will be inspired by fearing Adonai. He will not judge by what his eyes see or decide what his ears, by what his ears hear, but he will judge the impoverished justly. He will decide fairly for the humble of the land. He will strike the land with a rod from his mouth and slay the wicked with a breath from his lips. Justice will be the belt around his waist, faithfulness the, sh- the sash around his hips. So, look at the top. The trunk of Yishai, that's Jesse, refers to, that's King David's father. So imagine a trunk, which could also be a stump, right? Imagine like just a stump, right? And that could be the Jewish people. And then he says a shoot grows out of that. So it's like this, from this dead stump, you know, comes the, the branch, the righteous branch, the shoot of Jesse, which is the son of David. A new branch of life out of a, a, a dead stump. It's a beautiful image. And then that son of man, he deals with evil and he raises up the poor and humble and he brings salvation. This is the, the gospel according to Isaiah. Isn't that beautiful? It's the gospel way, way back, right? Before the gospels were, were written. But it's also the Passover story, right? That's why we're, we're reading this today, because it's a story of redemption. And, but it's the final redemption. It's that final Passover. What happened in the Passover story? God dealt with evil. He dealt with the Pharaoh, right? And he saved his people, right? And if you read in the book of Revelation, it's a very similar story, right? At the end of days, he's going to deal with the problem of evil and he's going to save his people, right? I don't know, you know, some people say they know the timing of the events and the end of times. Like, I don't know if I know that, right? I'm not, uh, I don't think uh, the book of Revelation is that linear, but the, those ideas are clear, right? Those ideas that it's it's another Exodus story. If you've read Exodus, if you've read about the Passover, then it kind of makes sense, right? That that God is going to do that again. Um, We can also look at uh, the closing reading in this booklet, which is our new covenant portion for today, right? Which uh, we've had a a couple couple repetitions, but this is a a very important um, piece of the new covenant from Philippians 2. Um, So I'm going to, let's read this You can read this uh, with me if you'd like. This is about Yeshua. Though he was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God something to be possessed by force. On the contrary, he emptied himself in that he took the form of a slave by becoming like human beings are. And when he appeared as a human being, he humbled himself still more by becoming obedient even to death, death on a stake as a criminal. Therefore, God raised him to the highest place and gave him the name above every name. Let's say that again. The name above every name. That in honor of the name given Yeshua, every knee will bow. Some knees? A couple knees? 60%? Okay, every. All right. Every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue will acknowledge that Yeshua the Messiah is Adonai to the glory of God the Father. Right? So sometimes, you know, being a Messianic Jew can be weird. But, uh, you know, I read things like this and I say, you know, I'm not, I'm not weird. I'm just early. Right? Because every knee is going to bow. I'm just, uh, you know, 
uh, just made a decision a little bit earlier, but all Israel is going to bow, all the nations are going to bow, right, to him, right? Sean uh, had a teaching ministry called Letters to Philippi, uh, and he made videos about Paul's letter to the Philippians. This particular book is what he focused on in his ministry, um, which is the, you know, the reading for today. And in preparation for the sermon, I watched a few of his videos that covered this particular passage. And this is, these are some of the ideas that Sean shared in the video. This section of Philippians 2 is one of the first messianic hymns. It's a song. Right? You notice how it's kind of this, this special little poem that's in, in the book of uh, Philippians. And uh, it was probably written in the Jerusalem Messianic community in Hebrew. And then when Paul writes to Philippi, he translates it into Greek. And uh, what is he doing? He's honoring Yeshua as the name above all names. So there's a oneness with the God of Israel. Right? So the fullness of the divinity is in Yeshua. Right? He is one with the God of Israel. And uh, Paul is, is a Jew. Right? So he, as a Jew, he has this understanding, right, of a very, what's called in theology, high Christology. Right? A very high view of Yeshua as being one with the Father. It, it is a mystery. It's hard for us to understand. Right? I get that. But Paul, very early on, is proclaiming this, that at the name of Yeshua... Every knee will bow, right? And that's not that's not just a human that can that can do that, right? <laughs> that's uh, there's there's something else going on here. And uh, Sean points out also that Paul doesn't just say that Yeshua is in the image of God, right? Because that's what it says about Adam and, and about all of humanity. But what does it say? He is in the form of God, right? Yeshua is contrasted here with Adam. Adam was in the image of God and grasped at power, right? But Yeshua is in the form of God, but he did the opposite. Instead of grasping at power, what did he do? He emptied himself, right? He emptied himself and became not only a human, but also a slave, a servant, doulos, is the is the Greek word as Sean points out, right? And we know that doulos means servant because my wife and I are working with a doula, right? And that's that's the root of that word. It's those that serve and help with the birth, right? And we're all doulos, right? We are all servants of the Lord, right? But Yeshua chose that, even though he he is king and he's above. Every name he chose, he emptied himself and became a slave. He became a servant, right? Therefore, because he did that, instead of what Adam did, what happened? Therefore, he is exalted, right? So the Philippians 2, the little hymn that Paul shares with us, it's like a little, it's like a little journey, right? He is in the form of God. Right? But he didn't make the same choice that Adam made. He emptied himself and became human and became a slave, a servant, and emptied himself and humbled himself even unto death. Right, He gave his very life. Therefore God raised him, that at the name of Yeshua every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Do we see the, see the arc there? It's a beautiful thing, right? 
Right? So Paul is making Yeshua central here. Right? Just as when Wayne shares the Shema, we say the Lord is one, Paul also makes Yeshua central in 1 Corinthians, right? But for us, there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Yeshua the Messiah, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. And Paul is reminding us that this is a Jewish idea. This isn't foreign to Judaism, right? And it's been adopted and accepted within Christianity, but, but Paul was doing it first, and Paul is one of us, right? That's, that's the beautiful thing. And the other idea is that Paul is making Yeshua central to our lives, not only as an example of divinity, but as an example of humility, right? When we make Yeshua central to our lives, we realize it's not about us because Yeshua emptied himself, right? So Kalva Chomer, how much more? How much more should we, who are just creations, right? <laughs> We're just the children, right? But uh, we, we should even more humble ourselves, right? So that God can also raise us up, right? Not the same as he did with Yeshua, but we follow him, right? He goes from death to life, from humiliation to exaltation. And if we cling to him as our Messiah, then we're moving in the same direction as him, right? We die to ourselves, right? So that we might be reborn, right? When we are immersed in water, this is the, the story that we tell. I, as I watched Sean explain the letter to uh, the Philippians, uh, the letter to Philippi, you know, it was, it was very surreal for me. It was very strange. Because I realized, you know, I was watching a recorded image, right? Um, explain the, this passage and the centrality of Yeshua. But he, I realized that in that moment that he was experiencing the centrality of Yeshua in a way that um, I wasn't, right? Because he was with the Lord. And this is the one that he proclaimed, the one that he taught about. He spent years of his life doing that, and the one he clung to, the one that Sean made central in his life, he was now with. So the question is, how are we making Yeshua central? How are we making Yeshua central to our Jewish faith? How are we bowing to Yeshua in every area of our lives? How are we sharing the good news of Yeshua in a relational way? Not in a Bible-thumping way, right? But in a way that's giving a reason for the hope that is within us with reverence and humility, right? How are we going to close out the festival of Passover today, tonight? Are we going to take the Lord's Supper in our homes, right? With, uh, with our families or, or with, uh, with ourselves, right? With the Lord. Are we going to do that? I think it's an appropriate thing to do. I want to encourage us to do that. You know, the Hasidic Jews, they centralize Messiah today. This is the day of Messiah for them. So then Kal V'chomer, again, how much more should we make Yeshua central on the last day of Passover? Because it looks forward to the ultimate redemption of all things. Let's pray. Avinu, our Father, thank you that uh, you have brought us to this point, 
this very special time, the last day. We thank you for uh, the blessing that Sean was to our wider movement. And uh, even though I never got to know him, Lord, um, I have his work. I have his writing. We have his teaching, and uh, which can still bless generations and generations to come. And uh, we, I just pray that we would honor his memory by making Yeshua central, as Sean did, and uh, that uh, we would um, take glean from from your word, from especially from Philippians two, and walk in humility. Lord, help us to be humble, to be to remember that you enable us to do all things. You hold our breath in your hands, and that paradoxically in you we can leap over a wall we can do great and mighty things we can do even greater works right than you did when you walked the earth how can we do that by walking in humility with you lord so help us to follow after you lord and to make yeshua central to our faith and central to our lives and in his name we pray the name above all names amen